Ah, we're, we're back again. We keep coming back. We just, I guess, <laughs> I don't know why. We, we love it. We're okay. back. Um, this is going to be, uh, so <sighs> I'm challenged by so many things in life, right? <laughs> and one of the things that uh, always, again, I grew up sort of in Pentecostal church, and one, one, there's a really famous word, this backslidden, right? So, uh, the, yeah, the theory is, is that you're born again, you're a Christian, uh, God, as far as God's concerned, you have no sin, mm-hmm. right? You did the, did the whole conversion thing, uh, and you accepted your <laughs> salvation, you know, sort of pivotal. But then there's this other idea that, uh, now you, you've gone back to your old ways, you're backslidden. And, uh, the Catholic church, uh, has gone through a number of, uh, let's just call them hoops, uh, that you can jump through. So they would say that baptism is the point in which you're actually saved, mm-hmm. Um, and then, and if I get this wrong, Catholics, I'm sorry, you can correct me in the comments, but, uh, but then essentially, so that's the big salvation, the big one. Hmm. And then there's like these, like, oh, well, I thought about this girl and I shouldn't have the way I did so on and so forth. And so there's these little sins and these little sins you can go and you can go, uh, do confession and you can get your penance and you do your penance and now you're good to go again. Right. Hmm. So, so that, that clears you back up again. Now, some people believe once saved, always saved. Um, because I believe in sort of a timeless God, I, I really am struggled with the idea of not being once saved, always saved. Um, but I'm open to arguments about that. But let's just assume for for the purpose of this conversation that 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 God uh, saved you, and He is not surprised by the thing you did three years later, <laughs> right? Uh, right. So, okay. So so let's just start there, and and I've always sort of struggled as a result of that because. The question is, is if you, if you have a new, if you're born again, you're a new creation in Christ, hmm. then why are you still sinning, quote unquote? Why are you still doing all the things you did before? So for example, and I, I really struggle, by the way, with pastors who will stand on stage and say, well, if you accept Christ, you're, you're, you will no longer be an alcoholic. Hmm. Maybe, maybe, but if you're not and you go, you find yourself in a bar a couple of months later, does that mean you that Christ that that was all fake? Right, and so that's really hard for me. Right, so I, I do believe that there is this process of change. I don't believe that sanctification. It, yeah, that's so they that's right. They call it sanctification. It's this idea that um, that over time the Holy Spirit works on you, and then you're going to be fixed. The the problems that I sort of struggle with yeah. sanctification as much as you can be in a fallen world, right? That. That's right, right, right. Uh, the problem that I sort of have with sanctification is not not the idea of it, but the the mechanism of it. So you can look at it sort of two ways. You can look at it like the Holy Spirit comes in, and then He's like, "Well, we've got you on a six year plan, and then in six years you're going to be totally sanctified." And so you've got to go through all of this process with the Holy Spirit to you're ultimately sanctified. Or is it that? And this is sort of the camp that I fall into. Is it that you're saved and you're fixed, but you keep doing stuff that you shouldn't do? So in other words, if you kind of think of it this way, you're holding on to an old identity. You're living out of your uh, of a fallen identity when you have a new one. Mm. It'd be sort of like if I wrote you a $2 million check and you still lived in the trailer house that you're in, right? You're not living like a millionaire, but you are a millionaire, sure. right? So so it's this idea that you've, you're a millionaire, but you're not living it out. And that's where I sort of, I struggle a little bit. Mm. With then classifying this acting out of old habits um, as as uh, backslidden, hmm. right? What, what? Don't get me wrong. I, I think your goal is to stop sl- uh, is to stop sinning. Your goal is to stop sinning, not so much because uh, it's it's a good and bad thing. Because, like I said, you, you are covered in Christ, but it's because it's a good thing for you to stop sinning. 
It will radically change your life, and your life will get a whole heck of a lot better as a result, right? It is. In other words, you can keep punching yourself in the face, or you could stop, hmm. right? Can Can I ask a question real quick? Sure. If, yeah. from, from what you're saying, are you saying that if we if we get into this groove, right, where we are becoming more sanctified and, and in turn we're sinning less, if we fall out of that, are we assuming a new identity, a, a false identity, or is it could You're, it just be because of sin? So we're going to get into that because okay. it, it, I think there's something else going on there that's really mm-hmm. interesting. But, but it's not always an identity crisis. Yeah, uh, maybe. So we'll talk okay. about that, cool. um, it, it, sort of, but maybe. Okay. It all depends on how you sort of define this concept of a false identity versus your true identity. But I do think it's very interesting that you're saved and you're born again. If that's really, truly who you are, then why are you sinning? Hmm. Shouldn't, if that's who you are at your core, shouldn't the outflow of that be no sin? Mm-hmm. Right? So there is something going on there. And again, like they, they call it sanctification. Hmm. Uh, but I think there's something different going on. Hmm. Uh, or let, let me phrase that. It's the same thing, but there's a different way to think about it. And I think this way of thinking about it is, is, is a lot more helpful hmm. in terms of giving control to people to get out of this cycle. Mm-hmm. So uh, so we're going to talk about that. So there's there's a couple things. Could you, uh, let's let's advance this slide real quick. Uh, if you're watching the video, you'll get to see this, but I'll try to talk through it as much as I possibly can. Um, so there's sort of, the, from the day you're born, um, the very first thing you start to learn how to do is manipulate your environment to get fed, mm. to be taken care of, to get picked up. You know, babies learn, if I cry, someone comes and gets me, sure. right? And I would argue that this doesn't ever really stop. Matter of fact, if anything, you get better and better at it over time. Mm-hmm. You get really good at manipulating your environment to make yourself feel good, mm-hmm. right? And so that's sort of our first model. It's the manipulation model, mm-hmm. right? So it's this idea that uh, uh, if I give my wife flowers, she smiles at me and she loves me, and that makes me happy. So the way for me to be happy is to do a good thing. I will, I will, I will, sm- I will smile, and I will give her flowers, and she will, she'll make me feel good. Mm-hmm. You do this at such a subconscious level that you're not even you're not even aware of it, mm. right? You're just doing it. Sure. Same thing with your job, right? Um, I'm success. So uh, people who have really high profile jobs and then lose it, they lose their identity because at the end of the day, what they've been doing is manipulating their environment so that environment would provide them feedback, and that feedback then becomes the definition of who they are and what they are, mm. right? So they're constantly manipulating their environment. They're like, uh, well, you know, if I had a better job, what would that say about me? Let me get a better job, so on and so forth. My wife loves me. My kids are great. Everything's great. And if they're not, I'm going to do things to try to bring that back into alignment with what who I think I am. Sure. If I think I'm a piece of crap, then probably I don't spend a lot of time on this stuff and I, I don't manipulate the environment very much. But the point is, is that um, if you're trying, or, or better yet, you do, you self-sabotage, mm-hmm. right, to bring that environment back to the way you think, you, who you think you are. Right. But the point is that your identity is really derived from the things around you. And the way that you control that is you manipulate that environment to to get those things. Sure. And this is sort of the default state from humans from the, from the day they're born, mm-hmm. right? Or you sort of have uh, someone who goes through traumatic experiences. So this is the other model. So the first model is manipulation. The other model is this idea of avoidance. Mm. And so the easiest way to pick people out who have an avoidance issue is they'll say, well, I'm never going to be. I'm never going to be hurt like that anymore. I'm never going to be poor like that anymore. I'm never going to be that anymore or that anymore. Or you might also hear, I'm going to be that. This is what that's going to look like for me, right? And those end up being just responses to other things. So like if you hear someone say, well, I'm going to be rich. Well, it's probably because they don't want to be poor, mm. right? So so the point that I'm trying to make is, is that, again, their identity is not their own. It's sort of derived as a response to the things they don't want anymore. So the way they define themselves as, I'm not that. I'm not an asshole. 
<laughs> beep. <laughs> right, I'm not a jerk. But regardless, right. these are all identity issues. Right, uh, they are. It's but, not a matter of just sinning. Well, it's it's that that's right. So so uh, I would argue that these are all identity issues, but these are also all the ways in which you manipulate your environment or you exist in your environment to create your identity, mm. right? To okay. support your identity. And then, the, and you've sort of met this third version, right? So there's the first one, manipulation, there's avoidance, and then there's this third guy or gal that, that this, that what we call the chaos model. Mm. Now, these are the people who believe they have no control over anything, mm. right? They're just sort of riding the wave of life for better or for worse, right? Like uh, they, they don't have a dream. They can't hope for anything because at the end of the day, they have no control over anything. Mm. And there's a number of reasons why, and I'm sure uh, social psychologists come in and tell you why you fall into these particular camps. And you may actually even move from one camp to another as, as things happen in your life, but you sort of have a default strategy. Right. Right. So you may have a moment where you feel like it's chaos and you have no control, but your default strategy to fix that is to manipulate or your default strategy is to define that that situation so that you'll never be in it again. And those two are avoidance or your default might be that it is chaos. Okay, so you can move sort of between them, but you're sort of one of these three things. And what I would argue is, is that before Christ enters your life, you're one of these. Hmm. This is this is pre-salvation. This is how we function in a world without God. Right, because we're we're trying to just make it work, right? Okay, so then there's another model that comes along. And by the way, I would argue that no matter when you're saved, you're probably not saved before twelve in a meaningful way. Most of your learning about how these models work and about how you're going to work in life, you have already learned to a T by the time you're twelve. Okay. Right, so people would say, "Well, what if you're saved early? Does this still count?" Yes, because you've actually already learned how the world, quote unquote, works mm. extremely early. Sure. Right, and you. And by the way, if if uh, you know, if to be an expert is ten thousand hours, by the time you're twelve, you've done ten thousand hours a lot, operating in one of these models. Mm. Okay. So, but there's a new model that comes along once you're saved that radically changes everything. We call this the kingship model, and this is where your identity is not defined by your environment. Your identity is defined between you and God. God defines your identity. So that's where you're going to get who you are from, right? You're going to get it from God. Now, the beautiful thing about that is God requires no manipulation. It requires nothing from you in order to provide you with this identity. He gives it to you freely, and nothing is required. No energy at all is required. Mm. And that's really important because all of the other models will require something from you. Mm-hmm. Okay, so so I would also add that what happens in this model is what you've done is you've put God on the throne of your heart. So in the other models, you're, you're, where you're getting your identity from, whether it's your career or your family, those guys, believe it or not, are on the throne of your heart. Mm. They're not God. Idols. Right? They're idols. And it's tough to call it that because they're good things. Sure. Your family's a good thing. A job's a good thing. But they can't be idols because right. the devil will take those from you if he thinks that's that's the easy route to do, Right. But in a kingship model, your identity comes essentially between you and God. Mm. And then you're going to then pour that out onto other people, right? right? And so, so this is really important because think about, think about this model in everything Jesus ever said, right? People said, well, you know, we're going to go to the market tomorrow. We're going to trade. He said, well, you know, don't really worry about that stuff. Or they said, you know, what shall we eat? He said, hey, don't really worry about that. God's got you covered, right? In other words, God's got you covered in this model. Hmm. God's the one who's going to provide everything that you need. So you don't have to get it from anyone else because you will get it from God. Sure. Now, the challenge is, is that you have zero experience in this model. Sure. So the moment you're saved, right, the kingdom of God is here. This model is now available to you. 
right? It is now available to you, but you have zero practice in using it, mm-hmm. right? So you're going to leave church from your conversion experience. You're going to feel different because you've had, you've had a conversion, right? Inside, you're different. But the way that you interact with the world is still the same. You have no new habits. Right. So there's, there's this concept. Uh, let's go to the next slide real quick. So there's this concept. You guys can look this up online. It's called the competency model. Uh, it's basically four steps, right? And I, I just want to really hone in on this because this is the difference between your backslidden evil and why can't I get better. What's really going on here is, is, is the competence model. So there's four phases of the competence model. It's unconscious incompetence, conscious competence, or rather, excuse me, conscious incompetence, conscious competence, and unconscious competence. So there again, unconscious incompetence, conscious incompetence, conscious competence, and unconscious competence. So if you think about this in terms of riding a bike, at some some point in your life, you didn't even know what a bike was, mm. right? So you were unconsciously incompetent. You didn't even know you needed to know how to ride a bike. Mm-hmm. Then someone shows you how to ride a bike and you fall and bust your face open. You are currently conscious that you are incompetent at riding a bike. So that's sort of the next phase. The next phase is now you're consciously competent, but you're sort of having to think about staying balanced. You're sort of having to think about pedaling and braking still freaks you out a little bit, so on and so forth. So you're, you're competent. You can do it, but you've got to really be conscious of it in order to, to, to keep going, yep. right? So if you sort of took your mind off of it, you would wreck. What keeps us from starting at the first one then? Uh, which one's Because you didn't mention unconscious incompetence. We all started unconscious incompetence, right? So, you, so why do, why are we here just because we're saved? Uh, well, let me get to the you are here part. Okay. So so let's let's talk about unconscious competence. So okay. unconscious competence is you're riding a bicycle, and you're not even thinking about it anymore. You're right. listening to the radio. You're talking to your friends. It, it's at a point where you just do it. Yep. Now, what I would argue is, is that whenever you go into church and you are saved, okay, at best, at best, you're consciously incompetent of your of what it means to be in the kingdom. Right. At the absolute mm. best, that's as good. That's as best you could hope for. Uh, so they told you about it. You're aware of it, and you're not any good at it. But you did have your conversion event, so it's available to you. This new model of being, but you're consciously incompetent at it. Mm. Okay. Now here's the now here's the real kicker. Now that's bad enough, but here's the real kicker. You are unconsciously competent at those other models we showed you. They are unconsciously right. your default strategy for dealing with life. They're unconsciously, you're unconsciously competent at them. Right. Right. So um, your wife comes home mad. You immediately go into a mode of how do I fix this? Because it makes me feel bad when she's mad. So her emotions now become a function of how I feel. And I need to get in the middle of that and fix that immediately because I'm sad. Yeah. Right. My identity comes from the fact my wife is mad at me. Well, even though you're saved, you are unconsciously competent at that model. Mm. So, so you're consciously incompetent of this new model, mm. incompetent, of this new model. Right. And you're unconsciously competent at this old way of thinking. Right. So it's not really that you're backslidden. It's that you're not training. Okay. Right. The way you get from conscious incompetence to unconscious competence is you train in the model. Mm. You can't expect to go to church on Sunday every other, what, 52 times a week, Mm. a year, if you go every Sunday, which you don't, Mm. and expect to become unconsciously competent in the kingship model. Because when you leave church, you're just going to be back in your old model again. So one of the things that we do in 7020 is we teach recognition of these models so Mm. that you can at least go, oh, wait, I'm moving into a mode 
and we call it the ABC model, where you say, okay, there's this belief in the middle, and I need to understand where that's coming from before I take any kind of action. And so you need to recognize that you are, you're working from this manipulation model when your wife comes in and it makes you feel bad about yourself because your wife's not happy. She may have just had a bad day, man, mm. right? It has nothing to do with you. It's no reflection on whether or not you are or not a right. good husband. Now, you should be aware. Maybe, maybe, the, maybe it is, but chances are she had a bad day. Right? So if we're moving from this conscious incompetence to the unconscious competence, is that an identity change? Uh, so, so the identity, who you are in Christ, mm. has been established. It was okay. changed the moment that you were saved. However, the model, the, the tools, the steering wheel and, and gas that you use to get through life, uh, you're doing that out of habit. You're doing that out of the way you, the world used to work for you. Because, And this is what I thought was really interesting about I want you, If you ever go back and just read what Jesus said, read it through this model again. Read it through the fact that he was trying to tell people that the kingdom is here. Something has radically changed in the way that you should interact with the world, hmm. right? That, that, that you shouldn't be worried about the things that you're currently worried about. That's all taken care of. Now right. you can live in this other place. But yet people kept coming back and kept falling back and kept finding themselves again thinking about things, even with the disciples, you know, God would get really frustrated with them because they constantly would sort of come back with this unconscious confidence yep. model that they used to operate under. And he's like, dude, right. it's all changed, man. And so Jesus sort of grind, had to grind even on the disciples to get this, right? Right. Okay. So, so that's what I'm trying to, so that's what I'm trying to get at guys. I get really frustrated in church because it's like, you're a bad person again, hmm. Right. And all I'm trying to tell you is, is that what you're doing is bad. Don't get me wrong. So we're not going to call it not evil or sin. Mm. I'm going to call it evil or sin, right? But what I'm going to try to explain to you is that the reason why you're doing it is because you've had a lot of practice, a lot of practice. And unless you consciously start to practice this other model, you will never stop being that person. Right. God's not. God's already come in and he's waved his magic wand. Right. Your identity has been swapped. You are a born-again Christian, mm. but you live like a slave. Right. You have got to step out of the jail cell that Jesus himself came and unlocked, but you're just living there because that's all you know. Mm. Right. And so, so I, I just really wanted to tell people that at, in, when, when you are saved at church, unless you've really been at this Christian thing for a long time and you've really practiced this kingship model, you're at best conscious and competent. Or maybe you're starting to get consciously competent, all right? So now you're consciously competent. Now you're like, when I think about it, I have a good day. Or when I remember to pray in the morning, that changes my life. Or when I remember to think I have gratitude in my heart and think positively about my outcome and understand what Jesus says about me, mm -hmm. right? Then now, as long as I do that, it's really weird. I have better days. Well, of course you do. But the moment you stop doing that, and you do stop doing it, because at best you're consciously competent, and when, when unconscious kicks in, when unconscious starts to take over, you find yourself not doing those things anymore because it requires a consciousness. Now, mm. here's the beauty of this. So it's not possible to move through this model without that consciousness. No, you cannot skip Deliberate this. Deliberate action. It would be like me giving you a bicycle for the first time you've ever seen one mm. ever, giving you no instructions saying, and right. then you just take off down the road. Right. It's, it's just not going to happen. Okay. Um, you have got to move through this model. You will move through the model faster with awareness and focus, mm. right? So once consciousness kicks in, you go, man, I'm really bad at this. I really need to do some things that train me to be great, uh, have gratitude, mm. right? Until it's no longer something that I do unconsciously, or rather uh, consciously, mm. it's something I start to begin to do unconsciously, right? right? And so 
the truth about you starts to change now because now someone will come and say, well, you know, it's a crappy day today. And you're like, well, it's actually pretty cool, man. I'm really excited about whatever. The old model that you used to operate over, you'd be like, yeah, no, I totally agree because you want to fit in and you sort of, that's how you're, you know, like that's how it all works, right? But because now you know the truth, you're willing to sort of step out and be this different person, but that's going to take practice. Yep. So so my point here is, is guys, man, if you've gone to church and you've had a conversion experience, which I'm super excited about, uh, just know best conscious incompetence. Mm. At best, that's where you are. Okay. And that you need to start practicing the kingship model. <clears throat> and the kingship model, if you, you uh, we'll have some resources on our website soon, so you can go check that out if you really sort of want to see it from our perspective. But just start reading what God had to say about mm. who you are, right, and about the way life is supposed to be experienced, like what it's supposed to look like now, right? And if you just start doing that and you start focusing on that, and I can't stress enough, if you're consciously incompetent, then you need to start making prayer a so a routine. Mm. You got to create a time for it yeah, because you're not going to do it, right? So you're not going to do it because you're incompetent at it. So you got to create a space for it. Right. Create a space for God and then start practicing. God, this is so crazy. Practicing your religion. Mm. And what does it mean to practice your religion? It doesn't mean go to church on Sunday. It means to start to live out of the identity Christ has given you. Now, you're going to do that. You're going to do really well in your current situation, right? But I just want to point out one other thing. What's going to happen next? is you're going to level up in life, okay? You're going to have this level up moment, right? Where it, So think of it like this. Um, let's say you and I play chess, okay? You'd get stomped, by the way. But I, yeah. Probably, no doubt about it. But let's just pretend we're equals just mm-hmm. for the moment, okay? So let's pretend you and I play chess, okay? And uh, you're crushing me, right? Obviously, you're already cocky about it, so you're <laughs> crushing me, right? So you're going to town on me. And so you have learned the... the you, you are conscious or you're unconsciously competent, mm-hmm. In your skills and your ability to beat me. Mm-hmm. But here's the deal. I'm going to trade seats with a grandmaster, and a grandmaster is going to sit across the table from you, and he's going he's gonna to destroy you. Yep. Okay? And all of those skills that you learn suddenly aren't going to work anymore mm. because what you've done is you've leveled up. Okay? Mm. So leveling up in life will expose a set of skills that you did not even know that you didn't have. So what's going to happen is you're going to go through that same unconscious incompetent to unconscious competence model all over again. Right. So the problem is, is that people start to feel really comfortable in their Christianity and start to feel really, really good. But then something's going to hit them out of the left side, right? Their car's going to get wrecked. They're going to, you know, they, they finally save that nest egg and it gets obliterated through some sickness or kids get sick or, or you lose your job. Now, here's the deal. You have yet to practice your Christian skill set at this new level, hmm. at this new level of stress. Right. At this new level of opportunity, even. Right. So, for example, you may, let's, let's put it in a good context. Let's say that you get that big promotion. You make way more money than you ever made before in your life, and you start saturating yourself back again in the world, right? Because you're no longer concerned about stuff, and now you can do everything you ever wanted to do, and, and you create a, an environment for you. But that's just because you leveled up, and you're now back in, you, you don't have the skill set developed yet in your Christianity. Um, and, and so I just want to tell you that as you, the, the trick to that is, is that when that happens, Okay, so you're cruising along with God. You're, you're rocking it, right? You've got this unconscious competence at your level. Mm. And then suddenly you find yourself, you're off your rocker again because something hits you sideways. That's actually something to be celebrated. Mm. Um, uh, in my weakness, I am made strong. That's true, right? So it's, it's something to be celebrated because what it means is that you're leveling up your Christianity in life again, mm. right? And you want those opportunities. And you want them, obviously you don't want them always to be in a bad context. You want them both in a good and bad context, right. but you want to be tested. So at some level when you're realizing that difference from um, the progression, when you realize that you're taking a step back, that's actually a sign that you're leveling up. 
Uh, it feels like a step back. But what I want you to do is look around in your environment. What changed? Hmm. Right. Chances are very high. Something changed. Right. Or you had not yet achieved unconscious incompetence. Hmm. So if you took a step back and you were only at conscious competence, that's because you quit doing the habits. You stopped practicing your religion. Right. And now you're taking a step back. Gotcha. But if you have achieved unconscious competence, you're like, you know what? 98% of the day without me thinking about it, I'm really positive. Right. And then something happens and now you're like, man, what happened? I thought I had this deal with God and I was always positive all the time and mm-hmm. now I'm not. What's gone wrong? Well, the answer is you have entered a, a new level in your life, whether that's caused by stress or caused by pleasure. It doesn't really matter. The point is, is that you're leveling up, mm. right? You're going to be tested again. Now, the trick is, is to go back, right? Go back to the basics, start practicing again so that in this new level, you have this ability, right? You're unconsciously competent at this new level. And don't fall back into your old model. That's right. Because that's a remedy. That's right. Uh, that's right. Or And don't, quite frankly, don't beat yourself up that that at the when it, when the grandmaster sat down, you didn't win. Sure, you weren't ready, man. Right, right. You needed to practice more, and that's going to be true of your walk with Christ as well. Don't beat yourself up if something big happens in life, and your immediate reaction is not to be like, "Oh, this is beautiful and amazing." Right. Just recognize that because of pressure or, or positive or positive uh, outcomes, you are now at a new level in life, and you need to repractice your skills mm. at this new level. And that's really the key because you're not going to get better at a, you're not going to beat a grandmaster by playing me more. Right. You're going to be better. You're going to beat a grandmaster by playing grandmasters more. Mm. Right. And so that's the key. Right. You want to play at a grandmaster level with your with your uh, Christian walk, and the way to do that is to constantly practice so that you can get to unconscious competence at all the new levels your life's going to bring to you. Gotcha. Right. And I got to tell you, man, once once the devil sort of catches on to what you're doing, he's going to try to throw a couple things at you, and mm. that's going to be great, man. You know, I boast in my weakness. Yeah. Right. That's what we're talking about here. When you go back with this idea of what we just talked about, man, uh, the Bible changes radically. Yeah. You see it for what it is, which is that there is a new kingdom here. You're just really bad at it. Mm-hmm. Right. You've been saved again. You're just really bad at it. You're using the tools and techniques that are of the world and you're expecting Christ outcomes. Right. You got to go back to this kingship model. So anyways, I just wanted to leave people go. with that today. I know we've been working a lot uh, in the men's group on this same concept yep. and, uh, uh, but I but I just want to get that out there and, and and have an opportunity for other people to hear it. Love to hear feedback in the comments. It works. Uh, yeah, it totally. I'm telling you, man, we've seen some crazy changes in people's lives. Uh, just little things. Marriages radically transformed because once you realize you don't need to manipulate your wife, yeah. and you can just love her because your identity is not from her, and because that love that you're giving her comes from Christ, it's unlimited, and you're never going to run out. You're never going to get tired of giving it to her. Matter of fact, you will be happier the more you give her. Mm. Man, it radically changes things. It does. When people finally go, oh, wait a minute, the reason why I'm super bummed out is because I'm unable to manipulate this situation to make me feel happy again. Right. And they go, oh, crap, I need to stop doing that. I need to practice my religion yep. by going back to God and saying, well, God, what do you say about this? Yep. What, what's the real situation here? What am I missing? Absolutely. Man, it's going to change your life. So it will. Uh, take that concept with you. Uh, everybody have an amazing night, and we'll see you next time. Thank you.